Welcome to the other half of FIFO Life podcast. Join me on this awesome journey as we explore what FIFO Life looks like for the partners and families at home. In this positive space, no topics are off limits as we chat to experts in their field as well as the average person living their best other half of FIFO Life. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. We have the beautiful April here with us today, and we are going to talk all things connection with our partners, um, helping our kids uh, to connect with their parents. And we're going to do a big deep dive into some of these topics. But before we do, I just wanted to ask April, first of all, say hi. Hi. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask April a little bit about herself so that we can get to know her. Full disclosure, April is one of my gorgeous friends, mentor, business buddy. Um, oh, so she's very, very precious to me. She has a wealth of knowledge and I'm really excited to share it with all of you guys but if you're okay April can you tell us a little bit about your journey and what has brought you to where you are today and how you help your clients I would love to and thanks Natalie I'm so excited to be on the podcast today and to share a few of my learnings with everybody so just a little bit about myself um I turned I turned 50 last year okay um, which was a pretty big milestone <clears throat> and along with that I had my second baby so I had my second baby at 50 my first baby at 47 and um, amazing <laughs> and I, I remember you know people telling me things like well that's not possible right because people tell you those things all the time, whether or not you're having a baby, running a marathon, starting a business, whatever it is, right? That's not possible. Well, of course it is, right? You've seen that little sign that says impossible is really, I'm possible, right? So everything is possible. So nonetheless, that's, um, I'm a, a young 50. Uh, I tell myself I'm 35 every day. <laughs> uh, I started out in corporate America, so I spent 20 years in corporate America. Uh, I worked for an engineering construction company, a large Fortune 500 company, and I worked in various different roles from project management to marketing to business development, um, engineering management, contract management, risk management, strategic planning. I did pretty much like a very, very wide range of roles across the company, which was fantastic. And then in 2020, I fell pregnant with my first miracle baby and through IVF, which is no secret. And all of a sudden things like really changed. And the company that I worked for, well, they supposedly valued women in management who were having a baby and taking some time for maternity leave that didn't really materialize in my particular case and we were also in the middle of you know it 2020 covid and oh, so i wow. had my little darling in the middle of the covid lockdown i got a call from my hr department 10 days after i had my little darling to not say congratulations but to say you're being made redundant Oh, wow. which is a whole story in itself but the moral of the story is is it's allowed me to do what I want to do in my life 
And what I've wanted to do in my life is to really help facilitate, you know, change for, for people to make their lives just like a living treasure. And that's what I've been doing for the last two and a half years is building a business whereby I get to help people and help facilitate their journeys and their transitions that they have in, in life. Um, so that's, that's kind of like a high level nutshell. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering, if you can believe that. <laughs> so, so helpful with this coaching role. But, uh, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I'm a big believer you are where you're meant to be. And I'm sure that all of that sort of corporate life before you stepped into this beautiful space helps you really even in these roles that you you're in now and and how you help people and how you show up um absolutely absolutely april Um, run this beautiful um couples retreat that my husband and i did with her and how supportive and connected we felt in that space was so amazing and I just can't believe that you've had like this whole other life before you've done this because honestly you would think that you've been doing this for like 30 years you you've created such a beautiful space and you definitely I don't know what you were like in your role before but you've definitely stepped into your calling (laughs) Oh, oh thank you well you know what's funny right it's because like you say that right but the thing is, is that I have been doing this my whole life. Yes. Yes. Just, I've been doing this so my true. whole life in a different, in a different way. And so yeah. I've been helping, mentoring people for, for a long time because it's what I want to do. It's what I yeah. enjoy doing. It's what brings like that, you know, that energy and enthusiasm to my heart. And so that's what I have been doing. I've been yeah. through I more than one failed marriage okay (laughs) and now I'm in a beautiful partnership and so I've navigated those relationship journeys and challenges for for years and I've got learnings from that that helps you know make where I'm at a much happier and fulfilled space that I get to share with other people so they can have a happy fulfilled space so it's interesting you say that right because I didn't Wait. just start doing this two and a half yeah, years ago I, I've been doing this for years I 100% 100% agree with what you're saying and it is interesting you sort of catching on that wording because in my own um professional life and and where I'm at now 100% like I actually had one of my really good friends say the other day which I've known her since primary school. She's like, you have been doing this since primary school. You've now just got the qualifications and experience and and are doing it in that sort of coaching. And I think you're right. I think anybody that moves into this space and that it really is the space that they're meant to be in, they don't just fall into it one day. It is a evolution to to where we are now. But I I suppose such is life, isn't it? You tend to, if you if you're if you're intuitive, you keep moving towards what the right place is for for you to be in. Let's jump in to chatting about sort of we're talking about connection and couples and um, obviously April with her own experience and the um, beautiful little treat that I had with April. So I'm wanting to um, talk um, about how to connect with your partner. So obviously, you know, um, our majority of our listeners' um, partners are FIFO um, and that with that come certain challenges. Um, but first of all, I just wanted to chat about in our individual personal 
values and beliefs and how that might affect us connecting with our couple or with with our um, partner. Um, can you give us any sort of tips or explain how our beliefs and our values may affect that connection? Yeah, and that's um, you are you are right on because our values determine everything, everything about what we do, what we think, how we spend our time, what we spend our money on, what we'll drop everything to do, um, what we what we read, uh, whether or not we exercise, whether or not we, you know, have a group of friends or a small group of friends, a close family, whatever it is, our values are so significant in our life. And a lot of times what I've found is that people will, you know, pull out a sheet, right? And the piece of paper has maybe 50 possible values. And they say, oh, well, which ones on this list are your values, right? Yeah. Which is, you know, it's kind of nice, right? Because you can look at a list and you go, oh, well, you know, I value love and friendship and connection or money or whatever it is, right? But it doesn't really get to what that value really is. And yeah. when we can sit down and actually have a conversation about what's important to you, like what's important to you, but what's important to you in the context of what? What's important yeah. to you in the context of your career? What's important to you in the context of a relationship? What's important to you in the context of finances? And that will help to elicit your values, but understanding that your values in different areas of your life may also look different. Yes. Okay? So as you're talking about your values and what's important to you in your job, and you talk about that with your partner, then you'll get a whole different set of values than if you say what's important to you in the context of our relationship. Yeah. And in some cases, there can be conflicts. Yeah. Right? So there can be conflicts between the two. But more importantly, like if I ask, if I ask you, what's important to you in the context of your relationship? What's the first thing that you might say? Um, oh, and I did this in the weekend. You've got me. I think um, communication is the biggest in, uh, is a big thing that's important to us and I know that a lot of the listeners can um, relate to that because without having that good communication when you have that distance um, in your relationship because of FIFO if both of us don't value that then as you said we're going to have that sort of disconnect if we're not both coming uh, to the party valuing that communication. Yeah, well, let me take it one step further. So you say your value is communication. And Byron might say, my value is communication too. And you might say, oh, fantastic. We both value communication. How awesome is that, right? But then if I ask you specifically, what does communication mean to you? What does communication sound like to you? Yeah. What does it feel like to you? What does it look like to you? What's a memory that you have of when you had really good communication? What's a memory that you had when you had not very good communication, right? And so when you try to delve deeper into what that value of communication means to you and to your partner, well, you both may say, we both value communication. That's fantastic, right? but you value communication in the number of text messages he sends you every day. You value communication in that, did he send you a video or whatever? He might value communication in um, speaking face to face. Okay, so over the phone may not be like a communication to him. Communication to him 
might mean a certain tone of voice. I know that sounds really silly or kind of odd that, you know, we all have very different tones of voices that we use with the different people that we talk to. And maybe communication to him isn't anything about how you do it or what you say. It's that tone of voice. Oh, I'm so glad that you're home. I'm so happy to see you rather than, oh, that's great. You're home, darling. You know, so it can mean different things, even with a different tone of voice. So just understanding really what communication means to each of you can take that one step a little bit further so that you can come together and say, okay, we both value communication, but this is how I want to be communicated to, and this is how I want to communicate with you while I'm home and while I'm away. That That's beautiful how you sort of sum that up, because I know that a lot of people um, can relate to that with the fact that the partner at home might want text messages during the day and then a FaceTime at night to feel that level of connection. And then, as you said, the the other partner might be like, oh, a text message during the day um, is sufficient for them. So making sure that you're on that same page. And if you're not, having that conversation so that we're then not misinterpreting their actions as in, um, oh, they didn't make time for me to FaceTime in the evening, so therefore they must not want to be with me or whatever. And actually understanding that just because there is a slightly different interpretation of what that value is, that doesn't then mean that person doesn't feel as connected. They just need something different. So as you said, sort of communicating what you each need so that um, you're on the same page or at least understand the difference in the need. And um, it's really interesting that I think that this is important when um, your partner is away, that you're, you've got that level of communication. But definitely, as you said, your, your tone can be just as important and then not necessarily allowing their tone to trigger you when you understand, you know, don't don't read into the fact that they were short on the phone. It doesn't mean they're angry. They might have just been busy during the day or tired and, and not sort of reading into those tones, but especially giving the space for you both to communicate how you, why you might be communicating in that way and then not allowing that to trigger you. Um, that definitely flows on to... Um, the next topic that I want to talk about at how our personal triggers um, can affect be affecting our relationship and definitely how those triggers are affected by fatigue because fatigue is a big issue within FIFO. Yes, for the people on site, especially if they're doing days and nights um, and they're going away and working 10 or 12 hour days, but just as much sometimes fatigue can affect um, us at home, particularly when you bring kids into it. So can you just talk to us a little bit about personal triggers and what mm. they can be there to teach us and then just touch on how fatigue can sometimes emphasise those triggers and how we respond to them? Yeah, okay. Um, so I might address fatigue first um, because it's a topic I would say near and dear to my heart with an <laughs> eight-week-old baby. Yeah, um, so even with my two-and-a-half-year-old baby. <laughs> so while, while we were addressing that, if anyone hears some beautiful little noises in the background, April has her gorgeous little bub joining us. So the sound effects are 
uh, that beautiful little bub in the background. So sorry, <laughs> back to you about fatigue. Yeah, thanks, Natalie. So yeah, so fatigue is a is an is a really an interesting topic because it is all consuming, and I think that even even the best of us, when we're fatigued or sleep deprived, seriously sleep deprived, then everything around us seems to be heightened. Mm -hmm. And it's, I would say it's really incumbent upon each of us as individuals to notice when we are experiencing fatigue or we are experiencing sleep deprivation and to at least take the first step and to notice it and to become aware of it because then you can at least communicate it. So perhaps the triggers don't necessarily come into play as significantly or as severely. So I'll take, um, I'll just, I'll just, you know, just make, make an example. Okay. So when I'm, when I'm very sleep deprived, <laughs> noise is one of my triggers. It could be noise from anything. It's not necessarily the baby crying. It could be noise from the TV. It could be noise from the lawnmower. It could be music whatever it is, noise is a trigger for me when I'm sleep deprived and it causes me to feel a certain way in my body and in my mind. And so I feel like kind of these like little anxious, like butterfly type feelings. I usually feel them somewhere in my, in my, I would say my lower chest, my upper stomach. And I can sense when I feel agitated a little bit because of that sleep deprivation. Whereas when I'm not sleep deprived and I'm not fatigued, then I would enjoy the music. I wouldn't even hear the lawnmower outside. Um, any noise, it wouldn't really bother me. But when it's when it when we're sleep deprived and we're fatigued, everything seems to be like amplified. And so I think part of the first way to address that is really just to become really just to become aware of it yourself um, and to understand okay, I am sleep deprived, understand I am fatigued. It's not tired because everybody at the end of the day, you know, you how many times does your partner come home at the end of the day and he goes, I'm really tired from a long day's work. And you're like, well, I'm really tired from a long day's work too, right? Yeah. And then the kids come home and I'm really tired too. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. tired, right? Yeah. It's different than fatigue and it's different fatigue. than sleep deprivation, which really yeah. does affect our mental constitution, so to speak, right? Yeah. So I would say the first thing is just to notice it, become aware of it, and to at least be able to communicate it and to be able to say at the end of the day or the beginning of the day, look, I've really been struggling with fatigue. And these are the things that I'm finding are triggering me, not because of anything else other than it's just a fatigue issue. Yeah. And so just to have that open kind of communication and to be, I would say, a little bit forgiving, forgiving of yourself or forgiving of the person who's, you know, experiencing that level of fatigue or sleep deprivation, that forgiveness really goes I'd say a long a long way mm -hmm. and with triggers it's really the same thing so being aware and noticing what your triggers are especially when you're fatigued 
So like I said, I know exactly what my triggers are when I'm fatigued or sleep deprived because I've spent time to actually notice what they are and notice what they're not. Okay, so there's two parts to the whole thing. Notice what they are and notice what they aren't. So yeah. I can have a trigger, like I said, of noise when I'm sleep deprived, but I don't have a trigger of silence. I don't have a trigger of, of okay, different types of music. So if I'm listening to um, sound meditation music or something I might hear in my yoga studio or the sound of my sound bowls or something like that, that type of sound or music doesn't trigger me. But when my partner Nick comes home and he wants to listen to BBC Radio 2 or whatever it is, that triggers me. Or like I said, the lawnmower triggers me. So just understanding the difference between what it is that triggers you and what it isn't. And then being able to communicate that with your partner, but also to be able to become aware of it yourself. Yeah. I think a couple of big um, things that I want to highlight in what April just said was one, noticing how that trigger feels because um, I find with kids of of our generation and I'd like to think that it's starting to change the awareness around how we feel and feeling those emotions is starting to change. But a lot of us were brought up that, you know, stop crying, stop sort of feeling. There was a lot of suppression around how we feel. And so there in a lot of adults, and I know definitely in a lot of my clients, there's a disconnect in actually feeling physically and emotionally what you're feeling, if that makes sense. So I know for a lot of people that if you say to them, oh, honey, I can see that you're tired. Let me, you know, uh, get you a cup of tea or something like that the trigger in even being told that you're tired is um, sometimes something they're not comfortable with instead of actually going, okay, I can feel it in my body. I can feel how it's making me feel and respond. And therefore, as you said, once you've got the awareness, you can then alter your reactions. And especially as a partner, how you, there's a level of forgiveness around it because I think, Quite often, um, I think the human race does it as a whole, we will react to things and go, it's not okay for you to speak to me like that. Yes, it's not okay to be grumped at, but there is a level of forgiveness when you know that your partner is heavily fatigued and giving them the space and making it a safe space for them to be able to connect and say, I'm feeling fatigued, can you help me in this moment? Instead of having to be defensive and not connecting with how they're actually feeling. Um, now I know for some of the listeners, they'd be like, yeah, yeah. Telling my partner to connect to how he feels. This is the language that April April and I are using because it's what we've learned, but you can take a lot of what, um, you're going to get from this podcast and then change the language to what is comfortable for you and your partner and use that language so that they might be open to some of what we're discussing here. Um, so Yeah, definitely understanding those triggers and then being forgiving for your partner. Yes, going down that path for yourself, but also for your partner as well. Yeah, and um, there's something that you just said that I want to also bring some focus to as well, because you 
put together like kind of a sample conversation and it went something along the lines of I see you're tired Mm -hmm. and then it was you know I feel or do you feel a certain way right so you're using two different representational systems when you're talking you're using the visual system and you're using the kinesthetic system right so and then there's also the auditory system I can hear that you're tired or I can see that you're tired or I can feel that you're tired now one of those is going to resonate with your partner and the others might not right so if we or if you listen in just in general conversation you don't even have to ask any questions just in your general everyday conversation how is your day how is your flight home whatever it is and you listen for the words that your partner uses whether it's oh you know what i i saw jerry on the plane and I looked outside, there were lots of clouds, I don't know, whatever, the plane, I saw the plane was completely full, um, or he might say, or she might say, oh, I listened to a great movie, or he might say, I watched a great movie, or your partner might say, oh, the seats felt really uncomfortable. So if we listen to the words that our partner uses, then we can understand where they're communicating from and then we can communicate back in the way that they want to be heard or seen or felt so I wanted to highlight that because you just you really illustrated it quite well but I think people may have missed it and it's so important because if you say to me April I can see that you're tired they're like well I can't say that I'm tired how do you see that I'm tired? I don't see that I'm tired, but I'm, but if you say April, I can feel that you're tired and you go, yeah, I, that is how I feel. I feel, feel tired. I don't sound tired. I don't look tired, but I feel tired. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic insight there into um, a greater depth of communication. Um, Understanding your partner's language is um, and if you can nail that, will definitely give you a greater level of connection with your partner. Okay, so we've gone over a couple of things um, with April, but I couldn't have her jump on the podcast without delving into some of her amazing knowledge and actually sharing some tips with us um, that you can take home, that after listening to this, you can really start to use in your life. Um Obviously, the fact that most people listening to this podcast are FIFO partners, April, I wanted to ask you, what are some tips that you can offer the listeners in staying connected while our partners are away? Yeah, excellent, excellent question. And um, so I've got a few things, a few notes written down because it's such an important topic and especially for FIFO couples, but even for couples who may have a partner that goes out on regular business trips as an example. So it can be applicable to, um, to a few others as well if they may be jumping on. But the first thing that I wanted to offer is to just have a conversation with your partner and talk about what connection means to each of you. Because, well, you or your partner might say, you know, how do we stay connected while I'm away on my rotation? That stay connected could 
mean something completely different to the two of you. And so actually talking about how to stay connected without understanding what it means to be connected, you may have a disconnect. So the first thing I would just offer is just to sit down with your partner and ask the question, what does connection mean to you? Or what does staying connected mean to you? And that's the first place I'd start. And I'd talk to, I'd say, you know, how do you want to stay connected? What's the most meaningful way that we can stay connected while you're apart? Okay. So while I'm going to offer some suggestions to kind of get the conversation running, I think those are the two most important conversations and questions that you need to ask because, like I said, it might mean something different to you than it does to your partner, than it does to me and to everyone else. Um, the second thing I would offer is to actually just set an intention, not just with yourself, but with your partner and set an intention to stay connected. And I know it sounds like maybe a little bit woo woo or fluffy and you're like, oh yeah, I intend to stay connected, whatever. Right. But no, seriously, if you say to yourself and to your partner, I intend us to stay connected i commit to staying connected with you while you're away it's a little bit different it's like a little commitment that you make to yourself and to your partner to really stay connected and also as you know as a hypnotherapist and i know as a hypnotherapist and most people might not necessarily understand this but somewhere in your unconscious mind you will understand this because your unconscious mind hears how you speak to yourself Okay, so your inner dialogue absolutely counts. And if you say to yourself, I really want to stay connected to my partner, I intend to stay connected to my partner while they're away, I commit to stay connected to my partner while they're away. And even if you just say that to yourself, it could be something you say to yourself in the morning, say to yourself at night, write it on the mirror, write a little sticky note, put it on the refrigerator, send a message on your phone, put a phone a screensaver on your phone, whatever it is, just set an intention to stay connected and that will make a difference. So those are my first two things that are really specific to, to you and to your partner and to the relationship that you have. So a few of the ideas I suppose I can offer up, um, nothing really new, but just Talk regularly over the phone. Talk regularly over the video. Like how powerful is it just to send a 10 second video message that says, hi, just want to let you know, I was thinking about you, hoping you have a great day. Was that two seconds long? Okay. But to see your face or to see your partner's face may make a difference. Again, it depends. Does your partner connect with a visual does your connect, partner connect with an auditory? So something they hear, something they see, does that lead to something they feel? So just understanding you know, what's most powerful for them will help you. Um, just like think of it as almost like a, like a little diary, right? You can send a little diary of photos or short video messages throughout the day. And I know my partner will be the first one to say, I don't have time to send a video message or a text message. I barely have time to go to the toilet, <laughs> okay? Um, because the, the person who's working, whether it's the, you know, which partner it is, is working, they're going to be busy. 
and they may come back and say, I just don't have time. But at the end of the day, everybody's got to go to the toilet and you can spend at least two seconds on the toilet. And if you can spend two seconds on the toilet, you can spend two seconds to write a message. Don't necessarily have to send a video, but you could if you like, okay? Um, but just to share those daily events, I think goes a long way to stay connected. It's even, okay, I arrived at site. Here's where I'm at. This is where I'm staying. Even if you've seen it before, it could be the sunset. It could be the moon in the sky or whatever, whatever it is, just anything. Um, the other thing that I think, and we've, we've done this, <laughs> we got to office works and we got this little tiny, um, I want to call it three by five because I'm American, right? It's three by five. Um, little picture album and it's one of those little plastic things and what we did was we printed out pictures of like all our favorite memories over the years and it's literally if I could show show you I would but I'll show I'll show Natalie over here so it's just the little tiny little tiny book and we've got pictures of us we've got pictures of our children we've got pictures of the dog of my family whatever is important to us and essentially he's got one and I've got one and then we can just kind of like flip through that um, because again it's what's happening inside of our mind that leads us to believe am I connected to my partner or not connected to my partner and I can look at a photograph and he does nothing he does absolutely nothing I look at a photograph of a happy memory I bring that happy memory back into my awareness, into my visual, into my auditory, into the feeling and wherever it is in my body. And I can bring back that memory and I can feel connected or I can sound connected when I speak to him because I've looked at a photograph, okay? And that's, that's the representational system for me is the visual, right? But for you, it might be different. Maybe it's a picture book, so to speak, of video messages. Okay, if you're in tune to what you what you hear. So that's another thing. You could use that to talk about a favorite memory when you're apart. So if your partner's had a long day at work and you've had a long day with the kids or you've had a long day running your business or whatever it is that you're doing, you can just not even talk about it and just say, do you remember that time when we went down south? We stayed at that beautiful house. And we woke up in the morning and we had our cup of coffee and we were overlooking the ocean. And you go, yeah, I do remember. That was awesome, right? And so then all of a sudden your focus isn't even really on staying connected, but the result is being connected because you're talking about something that's a happy, joyful memory that brings back those feelings that you want to feel when you're connected with your partner. Um, you can play a little game like, you know, do you remember, do you remember when, do you remember our first date? Oh my God, how amazing was that? Or how silly was that? Or did I really wear that? Okay. So you can ask like little silly questions. Now I've got an ebook that's coming out next week called Our Love Story, which is going to be perfect for this. So it's just a little collection of questions that you can ask your partner to just, you know, do you remember when? Okay. Um, another thing is literally, literally to play a game. So if your partner's 
um, creative in any way, which they may or may not be, okay? Maybe they're just silly and they're funny, but hide something in the house. It could be, I don't know, a bell. <laughs> it could be a rock. I don't care. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be an actual like little gift. Maybe it's a, you know, maybe it's a journal or maybe it's a stopwatch or whatever it is. But hide a gift in the house and then like every day send a little clue about where it might be and then have the partner that's at home try and like find the little gift. So it's just something, it's something silly, but it, again, it's just to, you know, to, to help have something fun to do when you're, when you're away. Um, other things we've done is like, if it depends on how you are, if you're both into reading a book or movies or TV series or sports, whatever it is, pick a book and read the same book together. Talk about it at the end of the day. Oh, what did you think about this? watch a movie, watch a movie together and say, oh, wasn't that awesome? You know, how are you? Are you at halftime? You know, are you part-time yet? Or, you know, watch a TV series. The one that we just watched was Limitless on Netflix. Um, with yes, Chris that's and awesome. And it's just awesome. So yeah. you could watch like a little, like, it is great. And you could watch like a little TV series together and talk about that. Or if you're into sports, um, we're heavily into sports we could you know watch the basketball game or whatever it is and go oh did you see how did you know how did phoenix do how did melbourne do how did park do whatever it is um so those are a few ideas that i have just to stay connected while you're away that is fantastic there's some i love how um a lot of the ideas that you had had you doing similar experiences or having the same experiences together whether that be the book the movie the game where you're physically in different places but you're actually being involved in the same experience and that I think really as you said helps you stay connected when you're not even aware of that's what you're trying to do you're you're having a similar experience even though you're in a different place so now that you've given us some awesome insight in how as um, adults that we can connect. I know that you have done quite a bit of work in the space of um, the children staying connected and um, can sort of give us some tips to help our children to stay connected with their parents when they're away um, and sort of understanding that some of the challenges that they may come up against. So what type of tips would you recommend for us to help our children? Yeah, that's a good question. And you know what, when they're really little, so when they're that, you know, newborn to 10 years old kind of time frame, that it is a little bit more difficult um, because they just don't, they just don't understand. Now, children under the age of seven <clears throat> are primarily operating in their unconscious mind. So it's why they can sit and watch the TV and they've got no idea that you're calling them for dinner. And it's nothing to do with them. It's not anything to do with their intelligence or their capacity or their desire to want to, you know, come and have dinner with the family, whatever it is. It's just that they are living in their unconscious mind. So they're in a state of trance most of their seven years of their, their life. So just understanding that I think can um, can can help 
people a lot and it will make a difference in how you stay connected with them when you're away. So you can't really ask, it's hard anyway, to ask them, how do you want to stay connected to mom or dad while we're away? Right? Because they'll say, I don't understand. They might not even look at you and acknowledge that you even asked a question, depending on how old they are, right? But what you can do is you can pay attention to what they enjoy doing with mom or dad while they are home. And just notice what do they enjoy? What takes them away from the TV? Is it that mom or dad is singing a song? Is it that mom and dad are dancing? Is it a game? Is it a story? Is it playing out? You know, what is it that you are doing with your child or your children at home when they are the most engaged with you? And becoming aware of where that's coming from, I think makes a really big difference so that you can do that while they're away. So for example, if your children love to have you read them a story at night and that's what they look forward to and they go to bed at eight o'clock, whatever it is, then you can maybe put a plan together. Can the parent that's away call on video at eight o'clock and read the child a story? Or can you play a certain song? Is there a certain song that they like to hear that you can play or you can sing together or can you dance together over the video or can you play a game together because you know you can figure out a way to play a game together while you're separated some people play video games i know my brother and his daughter play an online video game (laughs) and they're always connected via their online video game right but whatever it is just notice what you do when you're home and try to do that when you're away. A few other ideas, um, just to maybe record a, like a little video on on your phone that they can watch like every morning or every night. So even if it's just something simple that just says, hi, darling, you know, it's mommy here. I just want to wish you a beautiful morning. I hope you have a great breakfast. Know that I'm thinking about you every day and I hope you have a great day. You know, just record it so that they can listen to the same thing every morning because you may or may not be able to call at the same time every day, but if they've got a video or they've got an audio, they can hear it at the same time every day because a partner that's home can at least help to facilitate that to happen. Or you play something at night, you know, Darling, hi, it's mommy or daddy here. I just want to, you know, sing you a little bedtime, you know, bedtime story. And I hope you have a good sleep. And I'll see you in the morning when you wake up. And you can say that because you've got a video to show them in the morning. So maybe just have a video for the morning, a video for the night, and just be consistent with it so that they see and hear the parent that's away on a regular basis. And they hear and see the voice and the face. Um, Other little things that maybe take a little bit more time, but 
you know, give them like a handwritten card. And I know you're going to say, well, you know what? My two-year-old doesn't really care about a card. My four-year-old doesn't really care about a card. But what if they got something in the mail? My daughter, she's two and a half. She'll go out and she'll help me get the mail out of the mailbox, right? And if there's a little card for her, I can say, oh, darling, look, you've got some mail in the mailbox. Oh, who's the mail from? The mail's from daddy, you know, or whatever it is. And you can send them ahead of time so that, you know, Australia Post isn't the most efficient delivery service around, but you can definitely either plant them in the mailbox or send them ahead of time, whatever it is, so that they get a little, you know, get a little note. Probably the older they are, the more significant that becomes, but it's still it's still worth a try. Um, other things, and I will say this was something that was really important to me when I was growing up because my dad was always working away. But every time he would come home, he would bring me a little gift. And it was like the tiniest little gift. It didn't matter daddy brought me something and it was something that he, he had thought about I don't care whether he got it on the airport on his way back or he stopped at the mini mart and bought it on his way home it didn't matter but he brought me something and it's very funny because I remember a time and we lived in we lived in Saudi Arabia at the time okay and my dad had gone to some obscure place in the world on his trip and he brought me home a sea urchin you know like a shell sea urchin shell yeah and it had these little it had these little um um pellets inside that would absorb like an essential oil and this was this was a long time ago okay and i still to this day have this little sea urchin <laughs> oh that's wonderful um <laughs> And I can really connect with that one. My um, husband and a whole different topic about food and, and building the relationship around food. But anyway, um, my husband brings home the lint chocolates that he gets off the plane and the kids like love that. It's like dad, it's the connection that they have. It's not even about the treat. It's the connection of um, you know, when dad comes home, he's thinking about us and that sort of stuff. And I really like how, and tying back to what you said before, is that understanding what connection for your children mean. We were talking about before what connection means to you and your partner. But as you said, around the children is understanding what they're going to feel connected to. Because I know um, when my son was a bit younger and not probably be not being as aware around understanding what it means to the individual is my husband desperately wanted to connect with my son and when we jumped on FaceTime he's off doing whatever because you know sitting down and looking at a screen believe it or not is um you know not it's it's not stimulating for the kids and so definitely making those shifts and understanding where and how he can connect at his level is is super important to keep that connection one for the child but also for the parent away that's um fantastic thank you um now obviously we've sort of talked about the parents how to stay connected when or the sort of partners how to stay connected when they're away and then the children but I know that so many of us can relate to you've spent 
my husband only works away two weeks at a time, but I know some people are like three and four. And so that that gap in time that you've physically been together can greatly impact how you then come back and work in alignment of each other. So what can you recommend of some ways to reconnect once you come back together? Yeah, and that's a really that's a really good question. Um, well, I'd go back to, you know, kind of where we started, which is really just to talk about it um, and ask each other what will be the, you know, the best, most meaningful way that we can reconnect when I get home. And you'll both probably have different, you know, you'll both probably have different answers, but at least you'll understand what that reconnection means and how that reconnection is facilitated for each other because it can be it can be very can be very different and you may potentially have a a slight conflict there but at least if you know what it is then you can put together a little bit of a plan for how you can how you can achieve that but definitely having the conversation is important um, I can give all the ideas in the world, but they may or may not resonate with you and they may not resonate with your partner. Maybe they will, which would be great. Um, so a few ideas that I had um, written down and they're things, that, they're things that we do, probably not as much as we'd like to because of our little eight week old darling who's just come along, um, but definitely planning for a babysitter so you can have some time together. And that could be a night out, it could be a morning coffee, it could be a walk, it could be a lunch, it could be a movie, maybe they go to a friend's house and you spend time at home together, okay? Um, whatever it is that you want to do together, but just have some uninterrupted time together. And for any of us that have children, you understand exactly what I'm saying, because when the children are around, your attention is undoubtedly divided because you cannot give one person in the house, including yourself, 100% attention when you're worried about what one of your children may or may not be doing. Even if they're sitting there watching the TV, it's incredible how much trouble they can get into when you turn your back and they're you know, quietly watching a television program, right? <laughs> um, and the, another one, and this is really interesting. So obviously there's physical contact, right? But sometimes when you're trying to reconnect, you're like, well, we can't go from you know zero, zero to hundred kilometers an hour, right? So how do, you, how do you get there? And there's some interesting research around um, cubs or cuddles, my partner and I, we call it cuddle time, right? And holding hands. And Psychology Today had this really interesting article about the benefit of a 20-second hug. Okay. Now, if you hug your partner and you count 20 seconds, you or them might think, is something going on here that I need to know about, right? Because 20 seconds is longer than you think it is. Like, we could pause this audio for 20 seconds and people on the other end of the, like, the line, so to speak, will think, oh what happened are they gone are they still there like 20 seconds can be a very long time but anyway so this article and i can send you a link it's fascinating um psychology today says 20 second hug decreases cortisol decreases stress 
It increases oxytocin and facilitates bonding. And what they say in this article is that it's not necessarily the number of hugs that matter, but it's the duration of the hug that matters. And it's a silly little thing, right? Silly little thing, but next time hug your partner for 20 seconds and, you know, and see what happens. And the last thing I would say is um, just take time to slow down and connect. And I've written a um, guided meditation to help facilitate that. So it's 20 minutes and it's not very long, but it does go a long way and it's free on my website. So I'll send you a link to that too. That uh, meditation, um, couples meditation that April has created is absolutely amazing. I know for some people um, to have the conversation to ask your partner to sit with you and do that is sometimes difficult, but it's in that space of those difficult conversations that really enable us to connect or to grow and to align with each other. So I don't want anyone to be hesitant on saying to the partner, like, you don't have to do anything, just sit with me. Um, and you'll be surprised, um, especially with the beautiful language that April uses, how your partner will come along in that session, even if they've come into it with some of their own resistance. But I have to say, um, my husband was away last night. He actually got home in the early hours. and I. Um, put that recording on to listen to April and oh it was so oh it's like a full body massage to just sort of listen to that music and 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 the language and everything so definitely jump on um and download that recording um to have and listen to with your partner so April where can um people connect with you further I will put the um it all in the show notes but if you could tell us where we can find you that would be fantastic yeah so I'll, I'll yeah I'll make sure you've got the link so people can click on them um but my website is www.aprilkinney.com aprilkinney.com before you go, what sort of one piece of advice that if nothing else they take from this podcast to help um, stay connected for themselves and their children? Um, I think what I'd really offer is that everybody is a unique individual and connection means something different to everyone. It sounds different. It feels different. It looks different to everyone. There might be some crossovers, but to really understand what that means, not just for yourself, but also what that means for your partner. And then kind of trying that on as you go through your rotations and say, well, this is how I thought I felt connected, but maybe I didn't, or this is what I thought connection looked like, but maybe it doesn't. So have the conversation so you understand for yourself and for your partner what the connection means to you and to your partner and then be willing to like trial it as you go through your rotations and then adapt it so that you find something that works for you and just building that awareness so awareness of what connection means to you what connection means to your partner definitely will go a long way
Wow, mic drop. I think that <laughs> that little bit there is an absolute gold nugget. And then obviously with all the other in-depth tips that you've given us, um, I think a lot of people will uh, take a lot from this. But like I said before, if any of you, this has sparked your interest and can see how this would really start to help um your relationship grow, definitely connect with April on her platforms. Um, she's a wealth of knowledge. I've been with my partner for 16 years. And without doing these sorts of things, you can grow apart. And particularly with FIFO, you are already physically separated. It is worth doing these things so that you stay um, connected. Thank you. Thank you so much, April, for your time. Um, Definitely jump on her website and get that uh, couple's meditation. You will not regret it. Thank you very much for your time, April. I appreciate it.